1: The Chicago Bears face off against the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming Sunday. We're going to talk about some of the keys for the Chicago Bears to look out for in that game, and then we're going to go into the mailbag. All that and more right after this.
0: You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content.
1: What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot. For everything Chicago Bears related, I'm the host here, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And so, the Chicago Bears face off against the Arizona Cardinals. I want to talk about some of the key things. Now, of course, we're going to do our normal pregame show where we're going to get into the nitty and gritty of things. But I think the first thing that I want to look at is the offense. And I think when it comes down to it, we need to be able to take care of the ball. And a lot of that does go to Justin Fields. Justin Fields is 7th Amongst all quarterbacks, as far as fumbling, he's fumbled nine times in 14 games. So, we definitely want to see that tighten up. We want to see the interceptions go down, things like that. And when it comes down to it, we just want to see Justin Fields be decisive and make the good decisions in this game. Because, listen, regardless of whatever side you sit on the fence, you want to see Justin Fields finish this season strong and we know he has the capability of doing so it just has he has to come in he has to lock in this is a, a, a team where you know it, it's going to come down to a balanced offense i think right we're going to want to see a nice mix of of run and pass and you know with luke getty being the offensive play caller, it kind of leaves a lot to be desired at times of course but you really want to see this this team have that balanced attack but justin fields has to be solid in both those things yes we know you can make plays with your legs and it's easy to say that you want to see it be the Justin Fields show, but at the end of the day, you need this running uh, game to be what it is. We have a deep running back core. When you look at it, Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, they all bring something different to the table. And if you can really use those guys, the run game against the Arizona Cardinals may be able to be the deciding factor when it comes down to it. So... that's really what you want to look at. The the Arizona Cardinals, at the end of the day, are are not the most amazing defense in the league at all. This could be something where we can see a lot of big, big uh, time performances in this game. And this could be something that the Bears use to kind of munch the rest the last three games of the season, if you want to call it launch. Finish strong, I guess is to say. And so at the end of the day, you want to see a balanced attack. And Gessie has to get the running backs more touches in this game. That just comes down to it. If we can limit the turnovers, things like that, Justin Fields can pick apart the defense, get it, get to his open wide receivers. But I think really when it comes down to it, especially being a Christmas Eve game, you want to see the Bears uh be able to have that balanced attack, use their run game to set up their pass game, and vice versa. This could be a long we can make it a long night for the Arizona Cardinals defense, and you really want to see that happen. And so, you know, getting to DJ Moore, uh getting to, your receivers catching the ball as well. But also, like I said, Justin Fields has to be a decisive quarterback on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, and he has to lock in. It just is what it is. He has to lock in and give us that big performance. Well, not I see necessarily big performance. I don't. I don't care if the stats jump out the stat sheet at you, but make the right decisions. Be a factor in your team winning the game, and and, and overall the offense. You have to. You have the offense has to have a big night. And I think this is this is the opportunity for the offense to really have those type of opportunities and you want to see that on top of can we play a full four quarters on offense like we played a pretty second first half in against the Cleveland Browns we need to see full four quarters from the offense and defense for that matter really play just solid over that time and if we can we've seen us be able to win games with our offense and defense is both locked in for full four quarters of football so that's really what you want to see and we have to make Kyler Murray uncomfortable when you're talking about the defensive side of the ball now with the way that our pass rush has been here lately, I, I I have some faith that we're going to be able to make it an interesting night and a tough night for Kyler Murray, but the Bears have to lock in to do that as well. And so when it comes down to it, regardless of the questions of who's staying, who's going with this team, you want to see this this um, this um defensive unit come out there and do those type of things. And it's going to come down to a lot of Montez Sweat, how he's able to free other people. Uh, we'll see what happens with Demarcus Walker. I know he set out a practice or two there. Um, So when it comes down to it, if we can make Kyler Murray uncomfortable, we can make him try to, you know, stay in the pocket, things like that. If you can do that, it puts the Bears in a better situation overall in our secondary. Our secondary has to perform uh, as well. We have to stop as well, James uh, Con- Connor. You don't want to allow James Connor to go off on you either in the run game if you do start stuffing Kyler Murray. So the Bears have this, this avenue of things that they can do to win this game, and hopefully they're up to the test. We've seen a, a bits and pieces of all these things happen. Can we see it all come together against a team that's been struggling all season long? And you do not want to allow the uh, Arizona Cardinals to upset you. And it would be an upset in this case, which is crazy. So at the end of the day, you don't want to let Kyler Murray come in here and dance all over you. You don't want to make him, let him have a big game and look like the best quarterback on the night. Um, you also want to make sure that we sh- we shore up some of our weaknesses. And so that's some of the things that you really want to look at in this game against the Cardinals. And if the Bears can overcome it. It comes down to it. Now, you're also trusting a lot of Matt Eberflus and Luke Getz's game plans to a degree, and we've had varying uh, degrees of success in that at times, and so, you know, it, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be an interesting game to watch and see how things go, but I know that the Bears have the capability of winning against this Arizona Cardinals team, and God knows if they lose. Y'all make sure you guys are stay tuned in for the post-game show because it could be a really live one if that happens, but Talk about live. Let's go ahead and get into these lively voicemails for today. Um, it is Friday, so it is mailbag day. This first one, this one's from Book.
2: Yo, 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 Hayes. what's good, man? This book, man, blesses to you
3: and yours, and happy holidays. Uh got this game coming up on uh on Sunday against the Cardinals. Um, I think are. I think a lot of decisions have already been made. I think everything is just formality. Uh I just want them to go out. I want the Bears to win these next three games. Man, and if in those three games, man, comes the spoiling of Green Bay making it to the playoffs, to make it even better, um, I'm just hoping that they, you know, they go out on a high note, man. Because you got a lot of folks saying, "I'll just lose so we can get a high draft pick." See, that's not my mentality, man. I, I, I'm not a. I don't want this team to lose, man. I want them to win, you know, because you know, realistically, the record should be better. But you know, we we all see what happened and know what happened. But um, I just see what happens with the rest of this. Rest of this week of uh, football. Uh, good luck to the Bears, man. That's all I wanted to say. Um, nothing too much. Shout out to you, shout out to the crew, shout out to the familiars. Happy holidays, everybody. As always, Chicago up, bear down, and I holler.
1: Bears winning next three games, let's hope so. I would love to see the Bears finish out this season, winning the next three games. I know, like you said, that people are looking at it and saying, Well draft position. We can have two top five picks, we can do this, we can do that. But I look at it as this, right? Is that maybe maybe the right selection for the Bears with their own pick is lower anyway. When you look at Jared versus kind of slated to go after that number 10 range anyway. This is a really deep draft for the positions that the Bears need, right? You can get a wide receiver in the top 10 to 15 uh, that can really come in here and and pair well with DJ Moore. You can get an edge like a Jared Verse late in that. You can get offensive linemen late in this draft as well that can definitely help the Chicago Bears. So overall, I'm not really too worried about the Bears' own pick. I'm more worried about that Carolina's pick. I want that to be the number one, of course. But you look at it, even if let's say the Bears do drop down in number 10, for example. Dallas Turner's down there. That's an edge. You got J.C. Uh, J. Latham from Alabama. That's an offensive tackle that we can absolutely uh, use. You got uh, McKinstry, who's a cornerback who's going in that range, who if you do lose Jalen Johnson, he can come in. You got Jared Verse, who I just mentioned, who's a big, uh, big, powerful uh, defensive edge there as well. Um, so you got some players that you can get even if your own draft pick does drop some. And so I, I w- I'm not really worried about the Bears' own draft pick and where that falls at because I think, we're going to get a, a talented piece that we need on the team at a position of need either way. So I would love to see the Bears close out and win these three games against all winnable opponents at that. Now, as far as spoiling the Green Bay's ability to make the playoffs, absolutely. I, fuck Green Bay. And I would love for us to win that game. And if it eliminates them from playoff contention, even the better to end the Bears season. On. Imagine us winning, uh, finishing the season on a three-game winning streak. Then on top of that, we get in the, in our final game of the season, we get to beat Green Bay and stop them from making the. That's a perfect storm outside of the Bears making the playoffs, which we had some hope for. But I would love for that to happen. The Bears have increased their win total as well at that point in time, uh, which we already have done from last season. But then you're looking at a team that's gotten eight wins, so you know I definitely think that that could be the case. Definitely. All right, but let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Darius uh, from Dallas.
2: Hey, what's going on, man? Darius from Dallas here. Um, I just got to say, brother, I I, I slightly disagree with you with the eberflus thing. I, I I understand the frustration about it, and everybody wants him gone. But my my question is this: all right, other than Harbaugh, who would be a for sure automatic upgrade from Eberflus to where we wouldn't skip a beat, where we because we we can't have another year where we get another coach, and because the team isn't used to the coach, it takes another year or two to get. We can't do that with Justin. All right. If we're going to put all our guns on the, on the table with Justin, then, hey, we need to be – this thing needs to be humming next year with, with no hesitation. From week one, we got to be going, in my opinion. All right? And I don't know for sure if getting a new coach, even the one as good as Harbaugh, is going to provide that for Justin. This, is there still going to be a learning curve if we, get, if we get a new coach in there? That we're going to have to be having the same conversation next can, are we saying well yeah okay well it took just in a year to get used to the system now let's see what he does next year we can't do that no more man so i'm thinking if we at least keep eberflux at least the defensive side of the ball is going to be solid that makes it easier on the quarterback to do what he's got to do at this defense been playing at this level the entire season we will be close to winning our division we would we, we be shooing for a wild card for sure all right so other other than Harbaugh, who is it for sure? Do you want to just start over with Ben Johnson from Detroit or something? Or Eric B. and hope and pray that he's not the black Mac Nagy? No. We can't do that, man. We got to stick with what with, with what's going. If we gotta get another offensive coordinator, cool. I'd rather just do that. Let's find some guy that's got a similar system than Getty or, or something that works for 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 Justin. Maybe we can find somebody, you know, from Ohio State to bring in or whatever. I don't know. But we cannot just keep doing this, dude. It's just firing people. And then, you know, just hiring somebody for, for for the sake of it. And then bitch when it doesn't work out as quickly as we want it to bitch out. And you know how toxic Chicago media is, all right? So I'm just saying, I, I hear you with the Eberflu thing, but, I mean, if there's not a for sure upgrade, I'm talking about a guy that we look at him and go, yep, he's better. We can keep this thing going. Cool, but I don't want another year of backtracking, another year of fields, getting the hang of things. We got to keep this thing going, man. All right. So, Texas up, Bear down.
1: Okay, and I understand your st- your standpoint, right? You don't always have to agree to understand. But here's what I'll say: I think we've seen enough of this, and I, it's always going to be restarting the clock. If you're getting a new offensive coordinator, which I think you even do agree, then you're restarting. Justin's going to have to learn and adapt to the new offense anyway. And the defense: what we've shown is that if you bring in the defensive cor- a solid enough defensive cor- coordinator. This defense is gonna be good. And matter of fact, I'll say this the defense still isn't even used in the scheme that's best suited to their skill set. You got veterans all up and down this defense and TJ Edwards, Montez Sweat, Andrew Billings, Jalen Johnson's been here for a while now as well. Jaquan Brisker has a veteran like the defense is fine. I'm not worried about holding on to Matt Eberflus just because of the chemistry of the defense, because you still have to look at where this team is. And so Matt Eberflus hasn't shown an ability. Do you really trust Matt Eberflus? And you gotta keep in mind too. A lot of these really good offensive coordinators that you want to come in and kind of be, uh, change the offense, a lot of them aren't going to come for anything less than the head coaching position. So, yeah, Harbaugh is the name. But like I said before, with the, bear, with the bull show that I talk about, when people talk about replacing coaches, it's not always about getting the big name. It's about getting the right name. And so if you have a good coach and they're good enough, yeah, there's going to be some learning curve, but that's what training camp is for. And then you add to the playbook over the course of the season. And then, you, so, again, a, a really good coach, if you bring them in, they're going to know that development. They're going to understand what they have to do. Yeah, you have to learn a new shorthand and things like this. But these are professionals paid millions of dollars to do that. You don't hold on to mediocrity just because it's familiar. And that's what it sounds like you want to do is hold on to it because it's familiar. And at the end of the day, there's already a cap. We've seen it with this coaching staff, in my opinion. And not everyone has to share that opinion. But I look at it like this. If you hold on to Matt Iberflus just because of you're worried about bringing in a new coach and taking time to adapt this and this and this, OK, and sometimes that's still if it's for the better in the long run, then it's for the better in the long run. And if you bring bringing in a good offensive coordinator, they're going to build that scheme both around Justin and put Justin in a better position so that he can learn that shorthand quickly. And I think also kind of underrating the fact of how good these these players are at adapting to systems it's, it, it is what it is. You have to make the right decision for the future of your football team, even if that future may mean going through some difficulties to start off the season. But I think we all agree, this offensive scheme isn't it. And def- defenders can, you you very rarely find, unless you're completely changing every single concept, that defensive uh, the defensive side of the ball has a hard time adapting. So I'm not really worried about that. But when you look at it on the other flip side, we're going to have to adjust offensively anyway. And if you're bringing in the right guy to, to help guide that offense, they're going to bring everybody along. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it the same way that you do, and I don't want to stay in mediocrity from a from a head coach that listen. When you look at the number of blown leads, when you look at just yeah, he's he looked good as a defensive coordinator, but you don't want to keep a head coach that their ceiling is being a really good defensive coordinator, in my opinion. But hey, everybody can have a different opinion on that. Let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Barry. Hey, Bobby
4: up Hey, fellas, it's Barry here. So first of all, fellas, very Christmas to you and yours. You know. What I'm just feeling the crispy spirit, old Uncle Ben. knows how to, to use Justin Fields' skill set, and you grab a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. or even a Malik Nabors and a Brock Bowers. You built the shit out of this roster, fellas. Let's just say you do that, okay? Pick up, you know, Justin Fields' fifth-year option, and let's just say he doesn't pan out. Let's just say for whatever reason, it doesn't work out, and by 2025, you're looking for a new quarterback. Fellas, the Bears will have both the cap space. be in a third-plus for draft picks. I, I think about teams that have done this, you know, the the Broncos, the Rams, uh, who else? I, I don't know off the top of the fucking my head. But anyway, fellas, the Bears, if they did this, they, those teams were working at a fucking deficit of draft picks in cap space. The Bears have the ammunition to do that if they so choose. And yeah, let's say they're, they're passing on Caleb Williams, the Drake Mayor, whoever, they, they end up being but you can still feel good about where your is at. And at that point, if you have, you know, three fucking, four fucking incredible receiving options, you get the best edge rusher in this class, and you have all the fucking goodies that come the next couple years from doing this route, I think the Bears have a fucking winning model, fellas, rather than pushing all your chips on a rookie quarterback. I think it's fucking possible, fellas. So you tell me what you think. I'm, I've been kicking this around. So uh, uh, go Bears fuck the Cardinals unless we talk in draft picks then um fuck the Bears go Cardinals however you feel about it you fan how you want to fan till next time fellas Merry Christmas Chicago I'm
1: I'm still on the standpoint if the Bears do have the number one overall pick you just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think that trading you're gonna have the ability to trade down and still get Marvin Harrison Jr. with the way that the the, the draft lineup is working you gotta look right now uh the uh the Uh, Patriots have the number two overall pick. They're not going to give you a whole hell of a lot to move up one spot, especially if they do know, hey, they're probably not going to go quarterback. And then you got the Arizona Cardinals. Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't making it past the Arizona Cardinals. So even if you do trade down with the the Patriots and get something back, it's not going to be nearly the same type of package we got back from the Carolina Panthers. So I think, to me, in the mindset that I'm in, if you're not going quarterback with the number one overall pick, which I don't think the Bears should do, You just take Marvin Harrison Jr., who is the best overall prospect in this draft regardless. And that's why I stand it. And I understand where you're coming from as well, Barry. All great points made there. But I'm just saying kind of where my mindset is. You go with the best talent. It would be different if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't so head and shoulders above the rest of the talent in this draft. I think he is. A lot of other people share that opinion as well. And when it comes down to it, I think that that would be the right choice for the Bears. But we'll see the way they end up going. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Fred.
3: Yo, hey, what up, man? What it do to see your boyfriend, man? Hey, I'm so just sick of these bitch-made-ass haters from so-called bear fans to these bitch-punk-ass main media motherfuckers who just keep on coming up with this bullshit, this narrative about trade. Justin Fields. Like, why would the fuck would we trade Fields and set ourselves backwards from being contenders next season? See, that's what they don't want. They don't want to see the Bears to be contenders, and they don't want to see the Bears. They know when Justin Fields get a few more pieces and way better coaches, they know he's coming, and he's coming for vengeance for everybody. You know what I'm saying? But Mooney, Mooney it's over with Mooney. Mooney might as well get ready, find him somewhere to go to another team and sell his house that he got here in Chicago because the way how he's been performing and playing, I don't know if it's because how Luke Gessie not using him, or he's giving off like he don't want to be here because DJ's here and DJ's the number one ride receiver. But I was watching your show, uh, you know, like you were saying who's on the hot seat. Man, I'ma tell you on the hot seat. Fucking, besides some coaches, players, uh, Lucas Patrick, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Cody Whitehead, them trash motherfuckers, uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, shit. Hell, Pirates, you know what I'm saying, Darnell Wright too. I mean, not Darnell Wright, uh, Fucking uh what's that motherfucking name, man? Uh, I just say this motherfucking name. Well, to come back to it. But yeah, them motherfuckers gotta go, man. Even Braxton Jones, because Braxton has not shown me, you know what I'm saying, that he he's trying to, you know what I'm saying, like be that solid, you know what I'm saying, left tackle. Because at this point, I'm kinda like over Braxton Jones right now, because he don't protect that blind side of Justin Fields like how he's supposed to. I'm okay if the bears do get, you know what I'm saying, a left tackle in the draft. Even if Marvin Harrison don't come out, I like that boy from Florida State, uh, Walker. He, he's 6'4", four, running 4'3", four, 4'4", four, four, and dude will get up and go get that ball. You know what I'm saying? So we need somebody like that. They can take the pressure off. You know what I'm saying? And as far as, like, another safety, I say, hell, move Terrell Smith to safety. Shit, you have all of them on the field at the same time. You sign Teddy Thompson back, and move Terrell Smith to the free safety. Now, we, our secondary secondary be solid as fuck, though. But, man, let me know what you think, man. This your boy Fred. God bless you.
1: Chicago up. I am enough. So, why trade fields? And, you know, a lot of people say, I don't even know if it's necessary that people don't want the Bears to succeed. I actually think it's rooted in the opposite. I think Bears fans for a lot. Now, we'll talk about the national media later. That's a whole different story. But I think when it comes down to Bears fans is that they want this team to, to succeed. And, of course, the shiny new quarterback always looks like the better option than the quarterback you've seen go through their struggles for three years. I'll be regardless of what the reasons are, you it, like for many Bears fans, they look at it and just see struggle. And I, and like I said, I don't agree with their mindset of just, oh, let's reset this rookie clock. This is and this. But I can understand where it's rooted in. And I think a lot of Bears fans just want to see this team finally get their quarterback. And so I think that's what it comes down to. Um, but overall, uh, it comes down to what Warren Post and Kevin Warren and how they evaluate it. And like I pointed out on yesterday's show, if they the way that this defense is playing, if they do look at it and say, this may be our last chance to get a quarterback high in the draft, maybe they decide to do it that way. Again, it's not what I think or what I'm hearing, but you never know how they're going to evaluate it, especially as they start getting through these draft workouts and actually getting to see these players up close, interviewing them, things like that. So we'll see. Now, I, again, I still think Fields will be the quarterback next season. I still think he should. And get another opportunity with improvements made around him and a better all- OC, but we'll see what this front office ends up seeing with that. Now, as far as Darnell Mooney being done as a bear, I'm, I'm I get more and more on that train uh, every every game, every week that goes by, and I, I put them on the players the hot seats because I definitely think that it is. Now, as far as you m- mentioning Lucas Patrick and, and Cody Whitehair, the reason why I didn't list them on on players on the hot seat because that those players aren't on the hot seat. They're scorched earth. They're done. They're dust. They're embers. It's over with. They, I think everybody knows that seat ain't hot. When you say the seat's hot, it means that there's a chance, right? There's not a chance that Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair get replaced. They're, that's an absolute need at this point. So that's the only reason why I didn't say it, because that seat ain't hot. They burnt the fuck up. It's just to come down to it. Now, as far as Braxton, Braxton has shown flashes of both greatness and struggle. He just has. And at the end of the day, I think that you still need to bring in competition for him. And I think that can't hurt. If you Who you bring in, if he ends up beating them out, you got depth there right or if you do bring end up bringing in somebody that does pass him up on that depth chart Braxton still could be really good as a depth piece I really do think so so I'm not as down on Braxton as it sounds like you are but I am so there are some serious concerns there and for those concerns I think you have to bring in uh, somebody to push him and I think you have to bring in somebody that could potentially take that starting tackle spot because like you said to protect the weak side of the quarterback so that's my thought process on a great voicemail as well there from Fred let's move into this next one this one's from Steve
3: What's going on, Big Steve out in L.A.? I always say Big Steve out in L.A., but I'm originally from 53rd and Bishop off the south side, but I've been here for 25 years in L.A. Uh, real quickly, I want to discuss Iberflus. One thing I love about you guys' show is that it's, I don't always agree with you, and that's the beautiful thing. We don't always have to agree with one another, but I hear so much talk now about Iberflus <clears throat> deserving another year, and Iber has earned this. uh, I don't see it that way. Real quickly, Iber is the head coach, and when they fired Allen as the defensive coordinator, they decided to put him in that role as defensive coordinator. So, As a defensive coordinator, if you lose, like we lost to Detroit the first game, if you lose, like we did to Cleveland the first game, me and the rest of the city would be calling for that defensive coordinator to be fired out of there but that's not happening we'd much rather say it's jay fields in the offense and they missed this and he missed that no 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 if we lose like we lost to detroit in that first game and cleveland like i said everybody if that was allen or any other defense coordinator everybody be saying he got to go with Gess. telling and both got to get out of here so I don't understand this argument saying that Iberflues has earned a spot on this coaching team. I will give him a pass as a head coach. I will not even give him a pass. No, I won't. As a head coach, I know that this is his first year, second season, right? One of the issues I have with the Bears is that we always go mediocre when we hire coaches. We need to hire coaches with experience. We need a Mike Tomlin. I take Tomlin over Harbaugh, Anybody We need a coach that has experience, a head coach, that has head coach experience. Mike Tomlin, uh, they know how to bring in offensive coordinators. We don't necessarily need an offensive-minded head coach. If you got a defensive head coach that has experience like Tomlin has, he know people, and he can bring in the right people to work with Justin, and he can run that defense too, and he's going to bring people in that can run that defense. I know it's a three-minute limit. I want you brothers to know I love y'all. I respect y'all. Y'all are the future of Chicago Bears podcast. Much
1: support, much love out of here. Try to up, bear down. Yeah, I agree. Like, like when it comes down to it, Ibrafus is better if as a defensive coordinator than head coach. And that doesn't mean, like I said before, that he can learn from this. Maybe in two, three years, he ends up becoming a head coach again. But I think we're seeing it that Matt Ibrafus is a damn good defensive coordinator. Damn good defensive coordinator. But... You have to look at where you where this team is going. And like I said, the expectations changing around this team. And you need more than that, in my opinion, at the head coaching position. And so that's why I say it's probably time to move on for Matt Eberflus. And, you know, we end up seeing how Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles evaluated. But Matt Eberflus has shown he's, he's turned things and aspects of the team around. Absolutely. And since he took over play calling, it's absolutely been better. But when you're talking about your head coach and you're talking about the best attribute of them as it's being a defensive coordinator, basically, that to me raises some concerns, and I think it raises some concerns for some other Bears fans as well. But we'll see what the front office looks like at. that. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one's from West Side Trav.
3: What up, Hayes? This your guy, Travis from the West Side, calling in from K Town, or as my guy Bobby would say, West Side Trav. You know, you know, you made it when you get when you get renamed by one of the three head goats of the Chicago Bears media podcast. You see the. Oh my god, Bobby. I'll wear my people's now, but I'll just call it in man to pick your brain, you know. I had this thought, I put my GM hat on, I was feeling good, thinking, like, man, what would Pose do if I you know, and what would I do if I was Ryan Pose? So I came up with this thing, with this logic. What if Ryan Pose make two trade backs and wind up with three first round draft picks, three seconds, and three thirds going into twenty twenty five draft? And this is how it can happen. If if Caleb Williams go out and show out in a combine and everybody is shooting to get Caleb Williams, we trade back with New England. Get they first a next year's first the next year's first and get either a fourth, a fourth or third, or a fifth, and then we draft Marvin Harris with, with uh the second overall pick, take our fifth pick, Trade back with somebody like the like the the Raiders because they're gonna be looking for a quarterback. That's gonna be somewhere between the top twelve. We get another first, maybe a second, and whatever pick like a six or whatever. And then we turn around and draft either Jared first or Dallas Turner. And then we already sitting on our first of twenty twenty five. We already sitting on Carolina second. We'll have either uh. The Raiders right of the we traded with theirs, and then we already got a third. We already got two thirds for the 2025. Plus, we traded trade for a third round this year. I want to know what's your thoughts on that, and do you think we can make that happen? I'll holler at you
1: later. All right, so the trade back twice scenario. It's a great scenario. I, I, let me, let me get, you laid out a great, very well thought out, excellent scenario. It was better than a lot of people think about these draft and trade scenarios. You, thought you laid out a great one. But the thing that I'm going to throw that's a monkey rich in that it was two things. A, like I said earlier, if the Bears do view Marvin Harrison Jr., you just take Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, also, I don't think the Patriots are going to give up everything that you listed there, considering they're only moving up one spot. And if the Bears are, if they know the Bears are willing to move that, that probably signifies to them, hey, they're not going to take a quarterback anyway. If we just stay here, we've got a pretty good chance of getting our guy. So that's what I think it comes down to. And you also got to see if the Patriots, if they work out Drake May and Kayla Williams, they look at it and they say, we are absolutely fine being here at number two, and whoever falls at number two, we're fine taking whoever that is, then that throws another monkey rich in there to where they're not giving up as much. Now, if they do see, let's say they they see both of those guys close, I'm not saying that they do, but let's say that, and they say, all right, we do think, for example, Caleb Williams, we have him a little bit above Drake May, we'd be willing to trade up to get him, but we're going to trade our own first, maybe we trade a future second, maybe a future third, then you're still not getting back that same thing. I think that is really what it comes down to. The Patriots not being that far behind the Chicago Bears in draft order is what's going to limit the Chicago Bears getting an overall huge deal back if they do trade up. And like I said, if they look at it and say, yeah, we like Caleb Williams better, he's projected to go one, but we're absolutely fine. We think we can develop and we can get enough out of Drake May to where we can be successful with May as well you're also not going to you're not going to get a lot back for that. So, I think that's really what it comes down to. And while the, the it sounds easy to trade down twice, it's a little bit different of a draft this year because you don't have a team like what well, you do. I'm I'm not saying like for example, I'm I'm 100% sure the Oakland Raiders would want to take uh calls on trying to trade up to the number 1 pick. And you could probably get a really good haul back from the Raiders, but then you got to ask yourself if you're the Bears or then is then what we can get at that number 12 is that worth trading down at number 1 or do we want to go with the talent that's going to be falling in the top two that we can't re- replicate going down as far as 12. So that's the kind of thought process you have to think on that on. But like I said, you laid out a great scenario. I just don't know how feasible it is with the Patriots only potentially moving up one spot. Now, if this draft order gets completely busted up, and let's say somehow the Patriots went out in the Carolina Panthers, they, they they lose out and they pass some people up, then maybe things start changing a little bit there. But overall, I don't think that you're going to get that same level this season as last season just because. A lot of the teams that are higher up need that quarterback, whereas the teams that were lower down needed it last season. But as always, let me know what you guys think is always down below. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you're following the show at Shy Bear Central on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, The number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, Chi-Town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all.
0: This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.